Welcome to the Foundry Church Podcast, helping you to forge a lifelong reliance on God. To find out more about the Foundry Church or how to get involved, visit us at thefoundrychurch.com. We're going to start today by doing something that I don't normally do. I'm going to start with a quote by someone. I really don't know who they are, but the quote was that good. Go ahead and throw that up there. Uh, it's Joan Crawford. All right, I, okay, an old actress. Okay, well, something like that. She had a feud with somebody. That's all I know. All right, but she said, love is a fire, but whether it is going to warm your heart or burn down your house, you can never tell. That's good stuff right there, right? Hey, whether you are single, married, or divorced, uh, you're widowed, this quote resonates, doesn't it? Hey, it just does, right? Whether, whether love is going to bring some warmth and enjoyment or it's just going to burn it down, right? We don't know, right? Maybe you remember your first crush back in elementary school, or maybe you uh, remember that first time you were crushed by somebody in middle school or elementary school. The, the, the swing of emotions is wide when it comes to love, isn't it? It just is. But whether it is good or bad or just downright ugly, there's no doubt that love is powerful. <laughs> there's no doubt about it. And no matter how many stupid songs have been written about love, more songs just keep coming out about it. Right? You just got to listen to the top 40 on any of the, the popular radio stations, right? No matter how many Hallmark movies that Christina watches around Christmas time uh, about a girl who goes back to her hometown and she meets an old flame at an orchard or an inn of some sort, right? And they, they hit it off and, and they keep making these movies because there's something about love, even in Ah, Hallmark movies, right? right? However cheesy they are, they are, it still resonates. But it's not just romantic movies that tell how much people love about love. Right? Listen, I'm a sucker for the movies about the dad who stops at nothing to rescue his daughter or the military movies that show the love, the bond between fellow soldiers and how they stand shoulder to shoulder as they go into war and the love that unites them as brothers in this mission. Right? If you had me watching Band of Brothers, I would be weeping in front of you. Right? Or even sports movies. Right? Remember the Titans? Right? got to have a box of tissues with you. I remember one time I said, uh, Christina, let's watch this movie called Brian's Song. Has anyone seen it? All right. Yeah. I said, it's not sad. It's not sad. Right? She didn't talk to me for a week. Right? Right? If you haven't watched it, watch it and grab a box of tissues. Right? Even the movies about people who love their animals are pretty good too. Right? So, so here's the thing. Even in church... Even in our faith, love is a highly elevated concept. When people during Jesus' time asked him what the number one priority is, the, the number one commandment, he replied uh, with this, right? He said in Matthew chapter uh, 22, he said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, right? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. 
Right? He said this is the, the first and the greatest commandment, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. Right? So, so Jesus himself said that love is absolutely huge. It's big, right? That is the essential part of forging a lifelong reliance on him. It's what he is all about. So, so Foundry Church, right? This, this is the tension, right? Let, let, me, let me zoom out, right? If we were to struggle with something today, it seems like this is the simplest and the most basic of topics. Love, Christian love. Simple, basic, right? We could, we could simply say, oh, all you need is love and be done with the message today and we can go home, right? But, but the problem is, the tension is this, it's only easy to love people who are easy to love, right? And it's only easy to love people who are easy to love. When your kid is 10 months old, loving them was a piece of cake, at least I imagine. I mean, some of your parents are laughing. <laughs> David's like, I don't know. You're not here the dog. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's pointing to the nursery. <laughs> right? But when they're young and they're easy, easy to love, it's a piece of cake. But when they turn 14 with an attitude, right, it's a little bit more challenging. Right? There are days when your kids are easy to love. And there are days when they're not so easy to love at all. Right? For you as the parents or for any other people that are around your kid. They're like, how possibly can you love that thing? Right? But, but even considering this, this, this uh, changing dynamic, right? your own kids are probably the least challenging group of people to love. I mean, what about your spouse? What? Right? Right? It seems like the closer you are to someone, the more likely there is uh, to be conflict. And so that person that is sleeping next to you every night might be the one that is pushing the buttons on hate. Right? Right? Nobody has the, the potential to infuriate yourself or annoy you uh, like your significant other. And while you love them, you, you may not always love them. Right? <laughs> There's a tension there, right? Some days you're thinking, hey, they're amazing, and some days you, you, just, you just don't think that. <laughs> Other things pop into your mind, right? Maybe uh, you have some coworkers who are just easy to love, right? They're, they're all stars, but you also have some who are extremely difficult to love. In fact, the idea of loving them feels impossible, you just can't make that step. Right? Another example, maybe a little bit more uh, real for us, is social media. Whether you're on Facebook or the, or the Gram or the TikTok, that's what the cool kids say, you probably have people you follow who are just charming and super kind, super nice. Right? They're, they're encouraging. They're, they're engaging. But on the other hand, the chances are really good that there are people that you follow who just get under your skin, who just downright annoy you. Right? There's no way that you love them. Some of the things they say on social media make it very difficult uh, for you to love them. Now, Foundry Church, right? Right? Here, here's another problem. Right? That's one thing. Right? But when it comes to this command that Jesus gives, another problem with love is this. It's tough to love people when they don't do 
what you want them to do, right? It's tough to love people when they don't do what you want them uh, to do. Sometimes in our relationships, we spend a lot of time trying to persuade, uh, manipulate, and control people to do what we want. Why? Have you ever thought about that? It's because we are happier when people do what we want. Husbands are happy when wives do what husbands want. You know, right? Right? Wives are happy when husbands do what wives want. Like when the guy does the dishes or something. Right? Parents are happy when, when kids do what parents want. Kids are, are super happy when parents do what kids want. Right? Roommates, coworkers, relatives are all happy when people do what they want them to do. But we, all, we have all learned that no matter how much we want people to do what we want them to do, they just simply don't. Right? Right, no matter how much we try to convince, no matter how hard we try to persuade or control or to annoy someone, correct, nag, and beg people, they still disappoint us. They still uh, let us down. But still, right, just like your, your favorite late, late night info commercial, there's still more to reasons why it's difficult for us to love, right? There's still another thing, right, to be added on, right? When it comes to not loving as Jesus commanded, another reason is this. Sometimes it's hard to love people you don't understand, right? We, we all know this, right? Let's just think about it for a, for a quick second here. Maybe you don't agree with certain groups of people, right? So it's hard to love them. Or maybe your family has encouraged you to dislike certain groups of people. Or maybe you feel you yourself have, have formed views for yourself and opinions of people based on what you've seen from a distance. So you make assumptions. And if we don't understand someone, it probably just doesn't cross our minds to love them. And just in the simplest form, Right? Or, or to be honest, we may not want to love them because we don't understand them. Right? So when we think about all of this, when we put it all together, we, we get this. We can conclude that people are easy to love as long as they're amazing humans. Right? They do what we want and we understand them. We can love them. Right? 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 Hey, they're, they're cool guys. Uh, they, they do what I say. I understand them. All right, we get that. Now, funny enough, not a lot of people meet that criteria. All right? Not a lot of people meet that criteria, do they? Right? As a result, our love for people may not quite overflow, right? It may be more like an annoying, dripping faucet. Just an annoying drip and drip and drip. Right? But the good news is, right, in just a few minutes that we have left this morning, what we're going to talk about can be a game changer. And I'm talking a downright game changer for us when we get this idea of loving and having God overflow his, his spirit in our lives. 
Right, so in this series, we're talking about something that Paul uh, wrote about in the book of Galatians. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn uh, to that New Testament book in Galatians. And if you don't have a Bible, as always, use the Bibles that are in the seats in front of you. And you can take those with you for, uh, to use, to have, to give away. They are free. Or you can download on that QR code the Foundry Burke app. And on that app, uh, you click the Bible tab. And today's scripture is pulled up there for you. But we're going to be in Galatians chapter 5, where we've been, where we started off last week. All right, Paul is, is, is writing about this thing that he calls the fruit of the Spirit. All right, what the, what the Spirit will overflow in our lives when we stay close to him. When we forge our life on God. Right? When, we, when we take our stupid hand off the top of the cup and let him fill it, the things that our Paul is writing about here is what is filled in that cup. Basically, Paul pointed out the attributes that will overflow out of us when we are being led by the Holy Spirit of God, when we are forging our life on God from the top to the bottom. And so here how, here's how Paul described them in, in the book of Galatians chapter 5. Starting in verse 22, he simply says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now just keep your finger there. Now notice that he said the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of of the Spirit is love. Right? The, the fruit of the Spirit is love. He didn't say this. He didn't say that the character of the Christian or the effort of the Christian is love. That's not what he said. Right? He said the fruit of the Spirit of God is love, not the, not the effort of the Christian. Why? Right? Because Paul knew how difficult it is to intentionally love people. Man, th- this guy, Paul, he was, he was beaten and imprisoned by Roman soldiers. Right? He had uh, mobs of people uh, turn on him. Religious leaders uh, lied about him and to him. Christians frustrated the crap out of him with their divisions. They're silos, right? He even feuded with another famous Jesus follower, Peter, at one point. Plus, Paul traveled to to start churches all over the known world, which meant he constantly found himself in different cultures that adhered to different beliefs and customs that were different than his own. right? Paul didn't have many people in his life who made it easy for him to love. He just didn't have those people. So to take a look, right? right? For Paul, it wasn't about the ease of love. Right? It wasn't an easy thing for him. So it wasn't about the ease of, of love. It was about the importance of love. Right? That's, that's what Paul's writing about. It's, it's, it's that important. Right? We got to get that. Right? We got we to gotta stick uh, to that. Right? That, that, that's why it's in God's power and not in our own. 
Right? For example, in another letter written by Paul, he wrote what is known as the love chapter. Right? And in 1 Corinthians, let me, let me turn there. I'm just going to read a little bit of it for you. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 2, uh, he says this, And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries of the world, all knowledge, and if I have all the faith so as to remove mountains, but not love, I am nothing. <laughs> right? I have all of this faith. I have all of this power. I can prophesy. I can, I, I can do all these powerful things. But if I don't have love, I'm a zero. I, I'm nothing, right? To Paul, all the, all the faith and all the, all the knowledge in the world meant nothing to him if he didn't love people. And again, he didn't have a lot of people in his life who were easy to love, right? As the chapter, this, this love chapter, as it is known, uh, continues, he wrote about how other things mean nothing without love. Then he described the powerful virtues of love. You hear this a lot at weddings. And then he concluded his discussion of love this way in, in verse 13. So now faith, hope, and love abide, right? These three, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. <laughs> right, Paul, Paul, this hero of our faith, right, listed love as the greatest of all these things, which is possible because... It comes from the Spirit of God. Right? It's, it's, the, it's the first bite of that fruit of the Spirit. Right? The fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, Founder Church, let me, let me zoom out so we're all on the same page here because one thing is clear. It's this, right? If you look at the writings and the teachings of the people who formed our faith, Paul, Peter, John, the disciples, right? Jesus in his sermons, right? Love was the key ingredient. Right? We, we, we got to get a hold of that, and we got we to gotta stick to it, right? Jesus told his followers that love would be the number one way that people would recognize them as his disciples, right? If you want to show your faith to this world, if you want to make a difference in your world, Right? If you want to make a difference in your community, in your household, if you want to make a difference in the bedroom that is across the hallway, right, where your, your kids sleep or, 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 or where your, your roommate is, whatever it is, if you want to make a difference in this world where God has placed you, they will know you by your love. Right? And not a cheesy Hallmark love. Right? The love that sent our Savior to the cross for us. Right, Peter, you know, another foundation, the rock, right, of our faith, right? Peter instructed the early church to put loving each other above everything else. It is clear that love is not something that is optional when it comes to our faith. It's not an option, right? It's not something that we should only do when we feel like it. It's not just a wonderful idea that we should put into practice to the, with the people that are just around us who are easy to love. No, right? Look, 
Love is the above all commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor in the same way. Right, so when, so when we, we get that love is important, right, and we, I'm pretty sure we can all agree that love is also pretty difficult. With that in mind, I want to, to look real quickly at some words written by John, one of the, the disciples who referred to himself as the one that Jesus loved. That's how he referred to I'm John, the disciple. Jesus loved me. <laughs> Jesus loved me. I'm the, I, he, he tolerated them, loved me. Right? This guy had a lot to say about this topic. And at one point, John simply wrote this. He said, God is love. In 1 John chapter 4, right? God is love. Right? It's simple enough, right? The, the reason why God, get this, right? We got to get this. We got to hold on to this, right? So, so, so look up here, right? I want you to lean in. The reason why God sent his son, Jesus, into this earth to die on the cross for our sins is because he is love. He is love. And for people who have placed their belief and their trust in the person of Jesus Christ, his spirit resides inside of us. And his spirit, right, God the spirit is love. It's that first bite of the fruit, right? So, so we don't have to force ourselves to be more loving, right? We don't, have to, we don't have to force ourselves to do this, right? And as we allow the spirit of God to work in us and through us, he is the love for us. He's the love that this world will take notice of. He's the love that is going to change our communities and our homes, our streets, our workplaces, and this world. When there's more God, right, as we're, as we're, we're talking about overflow, when there's more God, there's more love. Love naturally will overflow. Right, that, that's the point, right? Later on in the same chapter, John, the, the disciple who Jesus loved, John made another big statement. He says, we love because he first loved us. Right? We love because he, our God, the God that we're forging our life on, first loved us. When we receive God's love for us, that is what overflows out of us. His love, his spirit. Listen, we've had... We've had uh, six, seven baptisms this year. Yeah, we've had six or seven baptisms this year, right? And we'll have, we'll have more to come. In, in the, uh, there was two that were going to be today, but they have COVID. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all, right, we had, all right, six, seven baptisms this year, right? The, these people, all of us, right, you think about those. You think about the almost 30 baptisms in the last four years, right, that have been happening right here. And the people who said, you know, all those people, when you think about them and their faces and their names, right, they were unworthy of love. Those people, and you, me, unworthy of love. 
Right? And just as it says in Romans, we all fall short of the glory of God. We've all messed up, right? We, we've talked, if you've been any time here at the Foundry, you, you know that sin, sin, there's not, not, nothing taboo about that word, right? It just means that it, it's an archery term. You've heard me say that a hundred times. And, and if you're new or if you're tuning in for the first time, it, it's nothing taboo about that word, sin. <laughs> It's an archery term, right? You pulled back your arrow, your bow, and you shot your arrow, and you missed the bullseye. That's what it means. You missed the mark with your arrow, right? And so we've all have missed the mark, right? We, we're not perfect. Only Jesus is, right? And we, we shot our arrow off into the mud beyond the target somewhere. We forge our life on everything other than God, right? But when we said, Lord, I want you to be the God of my life. I want to forge my life on you and not on the things of this world. I want you to be my God. I want you to be my Savior. I want to live for you, right? And we, we, we say that. We confess that. We, we move it from just from head knowledge down into our hearts and, and and we, we get it here, and we own it, and we, we meet them in the waters of baptism. We, we get that gift of the Holy Spirit. We go from unworthy of love to loved. And not just loved, but the representation of God's love in this outpost of his kingdom that he has us in. Right? He, he loves us when we were, <laughs> when we were easy to love. He loved us. All right, when, when we're doing pretty good. I'm pretty close to the bullseye. Right? But he loves us when we're also difficult to love. Right? He loves us when we are all behaving well, and he loves us when we're behaving poorly. We're still his children. We're still soldiers in his kingdom. And when we allow his love to flood our hearts and lives, that is when we can love others better. Because the truth is this. Right? When we stay connected to God, right? you overflow with love. From that, that moment, that first time he said, Lord, I want you to be the God of my life, the Lord and the forgiver and the savior of my life until this very moment, even when the struggles, even when we're, we're, we're dealing with stuff or struggling, when we stay connected to God, and he's always with us, we overflow with love. Right? That's the whole point of today's message. It's simple, but it's definitely not easy. There is a reason why Jesus, right, Paul, Peter, and John talked about love a lot. Because people, us, we need to be reminded of love a lot. Right? Lots of idiots out there to love in this world. <laughs> right? Right? Just the, hey, right? Including us, all right? Including ourselves, all right? Some more than others, all right? I do, however, think, I, I do, however, think that there are two steps that we can take moving forward, all right? To, to, to kind of practice this, to, to live in this, to, to be this representation of love. And the first is this. We just got to simply ask God to open our eyes to his love, Right? We just got to ask God to open, open our eyes to his love. Let me, let me ask you a question. When you hear that God loves you freely, when you hear that he loves you passionately and unconditionally, does that feel a little weird to you? It does to me. 
I mean, right? But it, but it doesn't make it that it's not true, right? It, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't sound a little weird. It, it shouldn't feel strange, right? Because we are his children, and to a child, to know their parents love them is not a weird thing. Our God loves us. Our Father loves us. I, I know God loves me like when I, I look up into uh, the, the football stands, from the time I was like eight years old until the time I was 22, I looked up into the football stands. I could see my dad's face. I know that he loves me, right? It's the same way with God our Father, right? The fact that God loves us should help motivate us to love others. God is love, right? So if we ask him to open our eyes to love, if we look up at his face, right, we are asking him to open our eyes to him who he is, man, it's a win-win, right? This, this week, ask God to show you how much he loves you, even in the, the moments when you feel like you don't deserve it, because, because we don't, we don't, and yet he still loves us. He sent his son for you. He sent his son for you. That is love, right? He, he, he took our punishment. He went to the cross when we didn't deserve for him to take that punishment upon himself. Right now, that's the first step. The second step is this. Ask God to love through you. Well, I don't think we, we pray that enough. Right? we got to ask God to love through us. Look for opportunities to show love to people around you. Right? When you're feeling impatient with your kids, ask God to uh, love through you. And that might not be, so, it's not just, okay, I'm going to go get them ice cream and all the candy they want. It just might be like, oh, I'm going to go walk around the block so I don't beat this kid, right? <laughs> I'm not saying that love is all roses and Hallmark movies, right? right? When, you, when, you, when you see a Facebook post that drives you crazy, ask God to love through you, right? You don't got to. You're not going to win any. That's a, a whole other sermon. You're not going to win no argument on Facebook. Right? Slog off. Right? When, you're, when your coworker sends an annoying email, ask God to love through you. Ask God to love, uh, love the people in this church through you. Ask God to help you love people who you don't believe anything. Man, that's a, that's a prayer, isn't it? I mean, when you ask God to help you love people who don't have anything in common with you, who don't believe the things that you believe, who are totally different than you, who have a totally different set of, of lenses through which they look at the world, and you ask God, help me love them. <laughs> Remember, love is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. It is a byproduct of his work in and through us. You don't have to muster it up on your own. You don't got to do it on your own. God is with us. Listen, as the band comes back up, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, right? love is the most important job we have. <laughs> yeah, Andrew, I'm, a, I'm too manly to be godly. I'm too manly to love in that way. Humanly to give your life for something that is bigger than yourself. Right? Paul said that without it, we're nothing. So you're saying you'd rather be a zero than a follower or someone forging their life on God who lives a life of love? 
Peter said that we should place it above all. Right? And Jesus, our Lord, said that, that not only was it the greatest commandment, love is how people would recognize us as his followers. So let's make sure that we give love the significance it deserves, Foundry Church. Right? Let us not, not give up on being the church that loves so well that we make an impact on the community around us. Just like Ryan pointed out at the beginning of the service, right? Right? She said, she said, you know what? The last time I had a family photo, you guys took it. You know what we say here at the Foundry Church, right? We're for the whole family. We want the whole family to forge their life on God. All right? Yesterday was just a taste for that lady. Just a taste of what it means for her family to be loved and to love like God. Just a taste, right? Let's not give up on being a church that loves so well that we make an impact on the community, on those families that are around us. Ask God to send his love to you and through you. Ask his spirit to produce his love inside of you. Because remember, it comes down to this. When we stay connected to him, we overflow with his love. Let's stand together and continue to worship and glorify our Lord, our God, this morning.